Hey, this is Cultivating Wellness Media. I'm your host, Lara Ashley, and I'm obsessed with all things business, marketing, and wellness. I'm a habitually leap of faith kind of girl, leaning in and saying yes wherever feasible. This has led me on an incredible journey, both personally throughout the world and professionally, from acting to the always evolving digital advertising world. Throughout our time together on this podcast, I'll bring you insights from leaders in the advertising, data science, and wellness industries to transform your brand presence and most importantly, your business returns. Think of this as your insight into the leap of faiths of others to propel your next adventure. So get ready to be challenged and take action. This is Cultivating Wellness Media. Hey, Trailblazers. I am going to dive in today to a little bit about myself so we can get to know each other. And then in the long run, we're going to learn about all the different ways that you can really utilize paid media placements outside of uh, keywords, pay-per-click ads, and social media ads, and come up with some new exciting ways together that we can get your brand's awareness out there and really get the data going for us so that we can monetize your return on investment. So I have a question for you. Have you ever had one of those moments that you just knew you had to do something and you took that leap of faith? Well, I've had a few of those in my life. And when they hit, I just jump headfirst into the adventure. So I'm going to go into a few of those times that have happened in my life. And along this journey, we're going to figure out how we got to where I am in life and how I'm going to uh, really bring some great insight into the world of advertising so that you can accelerate your wellness brand. This is Cultivating Wellness Media with Laura Ashley. So the first moment that I really dove headfirst into something totally outside the box I was at University of Iowa. It was not a college that I had in any interest in going to, but I didn't plan well when I was in high school, and that's where I ended up. I was uh, in a sorority, loved my sorority, Gamma Phi Beta, but that was about the only thing I loved about school. I was getting great grades, um, but I wasn't enthused, and I went back to my family, and thankfully, they were super supportive, and I said, hey, listen... I am doing well at school, but I'm not into it, and I'm not really going to my classes, and this money could be spent in a better way. Now, I'm really interested in acting, and I always have been. I found this program in Los Angeles, and I'd really love to go for it. So I packed up my car. My dad drove me from Chicago all the way to Los Angeles, He handed over, I don't know, 18 different types of knives to keep on me for protection because I'm an 18-year-old daughter living out on her own in Los Angeles. He put 17 locks on my door. It was quite hysterical. Uh, Mind you, I was living like where all the child actors live with their family. So it was super, super safe. And I dove into this program and I loved it. It was only four months long, but it really nourished that love of acting. And so I took that and leveraged it into working with Second City in Chicago when that program was done. Second City, if you're not familiar with it, is a massively strong improv. So think someone throws out an idea and you just run with it and say and instead of but. 
And since then, my life has all been all about ands. Yes, and. What can I do? And. That's a great idea. And. And I took that learning and took my acting chops one step further. And somehow, I ended up at the Royal Academy of Dramatic Arts for a Shakespeare summer conservatory. I had at this point gone from LA style acting to Chicago improv acting. And now I found myself in London Shakespeare acting. This was the most off the wall style of acting that I could have entered into. I was not someone that knew much about Shakespeare. And I uh, will paint the picture in a night out as to what I felt like when I was at the Royal Academy of Dramatic Arts in London. I was at this time 19, very, very preppy from a suburban elite high school area and uh, dressed in my best cardigan and khakis going out for a night in London. And the group took us to a underground cave-like bar that was all punk rock. So everyone there had mohawks, piercings, color hair, and this is in 2001. So it was definitely living outside the box lifestyle. And I stuck out like a sore thumb. It was insane. And I had so much fun and made so many great friends while I was there. And I was able to transition all three of these experiences into getting my Screen Actors Guild card. So I am a card-carrying SAG member. I love being part of the organization. The most fun part about it is getting to to vote in the Screen Actors Guild Awards every year. And they send me all of the videos that are for a nomination, as well as opportunities to go to the theater for screenings. Um, that's been a blast. Now, I leveraged my acting skills into paid media placement. And I did this in, again, kind of a trailblazer type of way. I worked for this company living in Manhattan. Yes, I jump headfirst, as I mentioned, into all different sorts of cities, all different types of communities. And I really like to immerse myself. So I moved to Manhattan. I'm working at a company called IdeaCast. And what they were doing at the time, this was about 2006 or so, they were monetizing the out-of-home television advertising market for health clubs. This is really before programmatic and performance marketing was anything. So we were setting up partnership deals with MSNBC, CNBC, uh, and stations like that in health clubs. And we were able to provide those stations with the metrics or data that is around the consumer that goes to the health club. So in the past, before IdeaCast came around, advertising to health clubs, you just saw the same commercials that your friend was watching at home. And that was all lumped together. There was no segmenting of those consumers. What we were able to do for uh, MSNBC and CNBC was really help them have insight into who was watching those commercials in health clubs at various health clubs throughout the country. And we then made partnership deals with various advertisers. That's kind of where I came in in supporting the sales team is helping them really get advertisers or brands on board to understand why this was revolutionary and why they needed to be advertising specifically to their target consumer in health clubs. 
Um, that's where my wellness journey began in monetizing media placement. And it was a hard sell. People did not understand it. They did not understand why or how someone would not just broadcast their commercial to the general population. And they didn't understand the data. And they didn't really understand the reason that data was important when it came to media placement. Mind you, Facebook was like starting off. Instagram was nothing at this point. It was a different media landscape. And it was such an experience to try to push through something that was really not accepted. Um, it was so much fun. I loved that experience. And we got to work with some great brands. We ended up shooting a Super Bowl ad. And I actually got to use my SAG card skills for that commercial and be an extra. The thing that was really cool about the way we did this is when we did ad placement, our media buy, we did not do a multi-million dollar Super Bowl ad buy. We leveraged our skills and knowledge and just targeted the areas of the country that we wanted to resonate our commercial with. And at the time, it was to get partners on board. So Bentonville, Arkansas, if y'all aren't familiar with it, is where Walmart is based. And we were trying to connect with Walmart, so we aired our commercial in Bentonville. The media buy was so much less expensive than paying multi-million dollars for a national ad, and it worked for us. It was phenomenal, the, the turnaround we had. Now, I do want to state that we leveraged guerrilla marketing at the same time, so there is really something to be said for a holistic campaign as I dive into the various tactics that I think really worked and could work for you. I took that media placement and used that skill set to transition into being on the brand side, as a lot of people do when they're working on the agency side. The grass is always greener. They want to get to the brand side. When they're on the brand side, grass is always greener. You want to get to the media side or the agency side. So I moved again, jumped headfirst into an opportunity and moved to Houston, Texas. It is where I am now based. I have had some other adventures since moving to Houston, Texas from Manhattan, but I transitioned into working for an eyelash extension company. Their name was Novalash. They're still around. Amazing global company. And I came out as their global director of marketing. This was such an interesting transition for me. One, I had never worked in anything like eyelash extensions or the beauty industry. And two, I had never worked on such a global landscape. And the company set out a huge challenge for me. They had not really taken the time to set up their branding and provide their global partners with uh, directions and how they can represent Novalash. It was really interesting also because they did not have direct control of the various Novalash artists or companies that were using their product. So we had to be really careful about ways to get them to get on board. But what I say I ultimately got from this job was looking at a brand and how to represent a brand on a global scale and being really aware that different parts of the world resonate with different branding and marketing strategies, as well as different media placements. Not everyone functions the same way we do in the US. And so it really gave me a glimpse into how places like 
Korea, Southeast Asia, Thailand, China. More specifically, I worked with Asia. I did work a little bit with Europe, but more specifically with Asia and then a, a smidge with the Middle East. And it it really drove my my love and desire for wanting to travel and learn more. You know, I had done momentary travel in London. I had done personal travel in various other places in Europe. But I wanted to dive in from a professional perspective. This opportunity came in a very unlikely, but probably not surprising to most of y'all, opportunity, which was I met a man. (laughs) And he's now my husband, but this was probably the largest leap of faith I took of all time. I met him at a tailgate when Texas A&M joined the SEC. They had a game at Ole Miss. Ole Miss is an amazing school. I had connection with there because at one time I did live there. Um, And I was there with a friend for the football game. The way Ole Miss does football games is it is like going to prom, but outside on the Grove, which is the grassy knoll. And people put up tents with chandeliers and TVs and you take a date and you dress up. Well, I'm there with my girlfriend and this guy walks up to me and starts talking to me and he has kind of a buffoon friend next to him, which I guess probably made him look better at the moment. But uh, the guy was uh, definitely a character and made me laugh. And my now husband introduced himself. We started chatting. We kind of went down random tangents of talking, maybe 10 minutes or so. And then we parted ways. Later that afternoon, he circled back and asked if he could get my phone number. And that was it. A month later, we went out on our first date. He kept setting dates up at the end of every date. So uh, there's definitely something to looping back uh, in the networking world and dating world. There's definitely correlations there. And he, about on our 12th date, told me, hey, I've got to move to Korea. And I really think there's something here. I'd love to continue dating. Would you consider dating long distance? And I decided to jump in and say yes. He thought he was going to be gone for about three months. And that turned into over two years. (laughs) So I went to visit him in Korea over Memorial Day weekend. At that point, we had actually not spent more than 24 hours together. But I knew there was something to him. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to jump in. I'm going to see what's here. And... Let's find out. So I went to visit him for a week. It was amazing. We went all over South Korea. Anyone, if you've ever considered traveling to South Korea, I highly recommend it. I was working at Novalash at the time, so I got to leverage my network and skills from working at Novalash and having that global marketing director position and presence and connect with some companies in Korea that we had partnered with. Um, So it was wonderful to like combine professional and personal all at the same time during this trip. While we were there, he found out he was going to be there much, much, much longer. So we had to sit down and have a hard conversation. And this hard conversation actually happened in Excel file, (laughs) which is kind of the craziest way for a plan to be laid out from a personal 
perspective, but to be honest, it was like the best possible way he could have ever communicated with me. He laid out in various tabs what was going on, what the various opportunities were, what he hoped I would do, what our life would look like if I said yes, and then ended it with a picture of he and I in front of a monument in South Korea and said, I hope to have pictures like this all over the world. Uh, I don't know, ladies, about you, but I have a fascination with Excel. I love Excel. Google Sheets is is kind of where it's at nowadays, but back then, Excel was the king, and I jumped in. I decided to pack everything up and move to South Korea. It was the scariest thing I ever did once I showed up. I thought, no problem. I've lived in so many different cities. This will be easy. I just jump in. I make friends. And that's that. I showed up and he left for a month. He works in oil and gas and he had to go offshore as soon as I showed up. And I was like, "Uh, excuse me? I just moved across the world for you and you're going to leave? Well, once again, Taking that leap of faith, it turned out to be the best thing that could have possibly happened. I was forced to make my own friends. I didn't have him to fall back on. I made so many friends that when he showed back up for Thanksgiving, American Thanksgiving, we had 30 people over at his house. All of my friends thought he was imaginary because I kept talking about this person that I moved to South Korea for that never showed up to anything. And I did introduce all my friends new friends, to him when he got back. It was so fun. And I ended up having an amazing time in South Korea. If you haven't had an opportunity to travel there, I highly recommend it. Seoul is fantastic, but try to get outside Seoul. Go visit other places. We were living in Ulsan, which is the far south of South Korea. Pusan was right near us. That's the uh, second largest city in Ulsan. It's a port city down south. And I just can't say enough about how amazing my experience was living in Korea and taking that leap of faith. And then when we got back to Houston two years later, he actually proposed to me when we went into our new home for the first time. And that's where this next set of our story begins. We've grown a family since then. We have two beautiful, beautiful girls, three and six. You'll probably hear me talk about them sometimes, but not always because this is about media placement and how to leverage your wellness brand. But I just wanted to give you a little background about me so you can kind of see some highlights of my journey. Since then, I have had the opportunity to work for an amazing brand, uh, Goodsmith Home Care and Repair, based in here in Houston, Texas. Shout out. Uh, Morgan Booth and Eric Klein are the founders, and they are, were brought me on to help their brand awareness marketing. And it has been an amazing experience working for them. They are revolutionizing the way home maintenance and repair is taken care of. They have a platform that I was able to market of which you just send a message over to your account coordinator and they'll get someone out to your house to take care of that job that you need. Like for instance, today, they're heading over to my house. My hot water heater went out last night. They have a plumber that's a W-2 employee coming to their house, coming to my house today to check on my water heater. At the same time, I also had the cable line uh, internet cord fall from my house. So it's not attached. It's still connected to the pole, but it's just a, a 
total danger for my children running around the backyard. Someone's coming out, handyman that is a W-2 employee is coming out to my house to fix that. Uh, it's fantastic. Check them out. I have loved the brand and I loved working on the brand. But while I was working there and figuring out ways to innovative ways to really get the word out about us, I came across something I was blown away by. And I was, you know, doing all of the typical things. I was doing PPC, I was doing keywords, I was doing social media branded ads. And, you know, we were we were targeting our audience appropriately, but we re- really weren't getting that kind of resonating with the consumer the way we wanted to. And we really weren't expanding on us as an offering. And we needed more than three seconds or a second and a half as the attention span is these days on social media and various platforms. We needed a little bit more time to talk about our story. And that's when I came across OTT, Over the Top, Advertising Media Placement, and CTV, Connected TV. So if you're not familiar with either of those, OTT is called Over the Top, and that means things like your Netflix, your Disney Plus, your Disney Plus includes ESPN, by the way. It also includes Hulu and all of those apps that we've now cut the cord and started picking and choosing how we want to watch TV and where we want to watch TV. Connected TV is really speaking to the device. So that's your physical television that's connected to the internet in your home. The OTT encompasses your mobile device, your tablet, your computer that you may be watching TV on. So both of them are dealing with streaming TV. So I love to kind of classify them together as streaming TV for ease. I may throw out OTT or CTV here and there just because it's part of my nature. But I think streaming TV is an easier way to really understand what I'm talking about. Um, So when I was at Goodsmith, I came across a Hulu ad that was... Letting you letting advertisers and brands know that they could leverage the Hulu platform for a really low upfront cost. And I was blown away. I had no idea this was a possibility. I came from a world of having to shoot a commercial for at minimum 50K, most often 250K. And then the media buy placements for linear or traditional TV being similarly high priced. So it really closed the gap in who could advertise in those platforms. When I came across this commercial with Hulu, I was blown away and we tried it. And it was amazing, the results that we got. I realized this was a time that I needed to lean in and take that leap of faith again. And I decided that it was time for me to quit my comfortable brand marketing side job and dive back into the agency world. I wanted to spread the word about OTT and CTV, streaming TV. And I wanted to bring the awareness to this possibility to small and mid-sized brands And specifically, where my heart is, is with wellness brands. And when I talk about wellness, just so we're clear, my wellness founders out there, I think of it from a really 
broad perspective. I think wellness in this day and age, we're all coming from it our own place. So some of us may be deep into clean eating and only five ingredients and really optimizing our health and being aware of what products we bring into our house, whether it's talking with cleaning supplies or you know, being really conscious of where we buy our clothes from or upcycling. That's kind of one whole bucket of wellness. And I think what a lot of people traditionally or historically have thought of wellness to be kind of that end of the spectrum. And wellness has really expanded into the general public over the last definitely three to four years, but I'd say five to seven years. And there's so many amazing products out there that can meet the consumer where they're at. So for instance, say wellness to you is... You're trying to cut Diet Coke out of your life. Maybe you love Diet Coke and you're looking for a healthy alternative for yourself. There are so many, so many soda brands out there now that can give you that that energy boost that you're looking for, but in a healthier way. No knock on Diet Coke, just so we're clear, because wellness might mean something else to you. But, uh, you know, there's a brand called Perfy that's out there that's really doing some fun stuff with both branding and the way that they're meeting the consumer at where they're at and bringing a healthier soda to the marketplace. So maybe that's where you're at from a, a wellness perspective. Maybe where you're at is... You are trying to improve your self-confidence. And for you, self-confidence is removing those those crow's feet or wrinkles or improving your skin texture. So for me, I personally always had a, a irritation or annoyance with my eyebrows. And I know that sounds silly and it's really arbitrary, but for me, it always really just brought me down. And I do love myself, but I knew this was something I could improve. And I came across something called microblading. And it's crazy when you learn about it, but it, I did it a year ago and it has changed the way I feel about myself, the way I show up every day. And it, it is um, kind of a investment up front, but it's got a really long lifetime. You don't really need to touch it up for three years or so. And for me, that brought so much joy to me and that falls under wellness. You know, it, it encouraged my confidence and my ability to really jump in and, and stand in my own space. And so Fine Line Cosmetics is where I went to in Houston, Texas. If y'all are Houston based or really Texas based, cause she's amazing. She has clients drive in from San Antonio, Austin, Dallas, so wellness people, that can be also like a, a health monitor tracking, your Apple Watch. There's products like Whoop or Fitbits, or I worked on a campaign. The product's not around anymore, but I worked on the Nike Fuel Band when I was in Chicago. And that was kind of at the same time that Fitbit was exploding and Nike was really jumping into the gamification of health. And I think that that period of time in 2011, 2012 has been amazing for where we've come to now. Wow. That was over 10 years ago. I'm realizing now, holy cow. So since then, people have become so much more focused on, on really getting out there and, and competing with their friends, their spouses, even their kids. I know my kid is 
an accountability coach for me. She tells me to get out there and run or come on, mom, let's do candlesticks. Let's do mom. What is, what's a burpee? I I read that word somewhere and I had to teach my daughter a burpee and now she walks around telling me to do burpees. Uh, So (laughs) if you've experienced doing burpees, it's not fun having someone walk around telling you to just randomly get down and do burpees. It kind of brings me back to my sports days. Side note, I was a very competitive in volleyball. I went to junior Olympics twice. And again, that uh, go-getter attitude I have and jumping head first, my, the second time I went, my team did not make junior Olympics. And I figured out a way to get myself on a different team and was able to go to junior Olympics with a different team. I loved volleyball, loved team sports. And I think it brought my love of really helping others and connecting others and I still use all of those skills in my life today, professionally and personally. Um, so I talked a little bit. Let's get into paid media and streaming TV for small to mid-sized businesses. So if you are a brand that is feeling like you're, you've got your brand persona totally nailed, you have your voice, you really understand who your consumer is and you feel like you have are targeting them well. Awesome. If you have been, you know, in the past or historically killing it with PPC and keywords, keep it up. Those are still super important. Say you've been in the world of social media, organic placement and really been nailing it and driving traffic. Then you decided to do some boosted ads and then you decided to do some paid ads and you feel like that's all been working for you historically, but recently you've noticed it's not getting the same traction that you had been able to, and you can't really lean on it anymore, or, or you've gotten comfortable and, and you're looking for something different. And, and, you know, you're someone that as a wellness brand is likely trailblazing the way to fitness, health, and the, our holistic being, then you might want to consider looking into streaming TV, streaming TVs. Nowadays, you can a lot of times take those social media ads or reels or anything that you've created and convert those directly into a streaming TV ad, which blows my mind that they've figured out a way to take that threshold of content creation and really reduce it and make it digestible for a small to mid-sized business. And then you can leverage that content that you already have, put it into a media by placement, like I said, like a like a Hulu, which is, look into it. The The threshold to get in is 500 bucks. That's insanely low. I bet you're spending that easily in a day in social media paid placements, PPC or keywords or all of the above for your smaller size solopreneur brands. I'm happy to help you along with that. Just leave a note and I would get in touch with you. But if you're, you know, maybe trying to still do it on your own, you can look at other platforms. Basically, take a look at any app that's on your TV or any app that you that you watch TV. I love Bravo. So Bravo would be where if a brand is trying to target me, that's where they're going to find me is all of my Vanderpump Rules, Below Decks, Housewife shows. I'm there. Um, I also love original content made by all the streaming platforms, Max, which used to be HBO Max, is now really killing it with their original content. And 
What I'm really loving about these platforms from a brand's perspective is say you're watching a show, let's call it the new about to air Housewives of New York City. You're watching that at your house and I'm watching it at my house. You could be on a connected TV or you could be on your streaming device. And I can be doing either of those at my home. We have different interests. We're different people and different brands are trying to reach us. With this new media platform, a brand can connect with me and you during the same show. And it can be either the same brand showing us different types of advertisement that they know will resonate with us, or it can be two totally different brands that are targeting us during that show. Blows my mind. Even crazier part about this is that those brands that are targeting us, they can get data on the back end. Like in the past, most of the time, the data that you got was going to be through Nielsen, which I still love Nielsen, huge proponent of that platform. But they have a really specific way of which they kind of collect data and and they have a massive audience that they collect data from. But using streaming TV, you can connect down to that IP address of the person watching the TV and you can get third-party data, which I know in some places people feel third-party data is starting to become extinct. That's going to be a topic for another day. We'll bring in some experts to talk about it. We'll bring in some experts to talk about first-party data. But you can use either your first-party data. Um, That's really the stuff that the consumer gives to you. So their email address, um, if they've given you any feedback about what they do or do not like about your brand, all of that stuff that you collect on your own as a brand. That's really what the generalized idea of first-party data is. Third-party data is all the patterns that you have on the on the internet. So anything that you previously basically think of all the cookies that you come across on when you're searching something and you're on a website, that's third-party data. So it's the 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 evolution of your journey online is what consumers can, or pardon me, what brands collect and are able to set up this flow or thought process of where the consumer is and how they are going to kind of go through the the journey of your product and that thought process. And what's what's really become interesting to me today is that the shopper's journey um, that a consumer now takes is so different than it used to be. It used to be, you know, this really specific marketing funnel of based around awareness, consideration, and then purchase. But the consumer takes a, a much less linear approach to converting to a sale than it used to. Um, now with the rise of social media, as we've kind of gone through on this journey with me of e-commerce, which has always been kind of simmering there, but beyond exploded during COVID. Um, and then it's become more fragmented because messages are coming from all over the place about brands' messages about your product. And so it's really 
been a, a conundrum as to how to find data and figure out where that conversion happened from. People are able to just like type in what it is they're looking for. Sometimes they're not even typing anymore. They're just talking into their phone, telling their phone what it is they're looking for and what they want. And it's really fascinating to see this kind of curvy journey that brand that consumers take as they're becoming brand loyalists and buying your product. And third-party data and really amazing data houses that really dig in deep into the data are able to go along on that journey from the point of a consumer seeing your streaming TV ad during that Housewives of New York show on Bravo and watch that journey for the next 30 days and see when you hit that site, were you retargeted with an ad, um, whether it be a, a display ad, a social media ad, another connected TV or OTT uh, streaming ad, um, and then see when you decided to actually convert and buy that product. And that data is something that has never before been able to be aggregated into one place and tied back to that television commercial that aired. I love all this. If you can't tell, I could go on for hours and hours and hours, and we will as we go through this journey of cultivating wellness media. Um, but to wrap things up, I just wanted to talk about how OTT and CTV or streaming TV are more than just buzzwords. They're more than just that new shiny object. They are the next frontier of paid media marketing and specifically and particularly for wellness brands. Hello, wellness founders out there. Uh, it's time to tune in, to listen up, because leveraging these platforms can engage your audience in really innovative ways and boost your brand's performance like you've never seen before. And we can show you the results of that performance. I am going to step back, take a breath. Until the next time, I want you to remember that your wellness brand has the power to change lives, whether it's in that really incremental place or whether you're connecting with someone that is really deep into that wellness journey already, it's time to make every pixel count. I can't wait to join you on our next adventure into the digital advertising landscape, leaning heavily into streaming TV. Um, and if you enjoyed our time together, please rate, review, and subscribe. Peace out, Trailblazers. I'm sending you a virtual hug because you've just reached the end of another incredible episode of Cultivating Wellness Media. Time sure flies when you're diving into inspiring content, doesn't it? If you're hungry for more or eager to share your own wellness journey, I invite you to reach out to me on Instagram. Don't forget to visit the show notes for all the necessary contact details. Keep cultivating your well-being and spreading that positive energy until we meet again. Thank you for joining me on this trailblazing adventure.